A burglar is looking for an easy target. Is your house the target? The grid is down and nefarious actors are seeking a home to invade. Will they pick yours? We'll talk about that when we come back. Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Practical Prepping Podcast. Krista here with you this evening, and here's Mark. Hi, Mark. How you doing? Hello. Doing great. Happy Valentine's Day. Well, thank you. It'll be after when people hear this. Yeah, this is tomorrow. We're recording on Valentine's Day. We're giving up our Valentine's dinner to record. (laughs) Well, yeah, something like that, but just want to wish everybody lots of love in the world. How's everybody doing out there? Hope you're doing okay. Yeah, I heard that one over there say, pretty good. (laughs) I've been listening to some of this weather we're having. We're having these really gusty winds. You might actually even pick it up on the microphone. We're having those 30 and 40 and 50 mile an hour gusts. We've got a bit of a front coming through, and I understand we may have a bit of wild weather on Thursday. So that might be interesting. Yes, it very well could be. Did you read the report where the face diapers didn't work? The face diapers. I don't think I've ever heard that term. You haven't heard face diapers? You must be referring to the latest CDC report that has concluded that face masks, including the K95 and the K94, were technically useless in the population at large. That was in 95. In 95. It said face masks in general. Mm -hmm. Turns out that in their population studies had absolutely no effect as far as being any kind of real control over COVID. Now, they do say that it did reduce some of the flu, but it wasn't for flu that the governors of the states locked everybody down. That, that's true. And the flu thing, yeah, there may have been something to that, but we were also going through so much hand sanitizer during that period of time. So people were opening doors where you'd normally get flu off of a door handle or something that Mm -hmm. somebody in front of you. True. And within five minutes, you were using the hand sanitizer or those hooks that you put your finger through and hook it over the door and pull the door open. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or push buttons with the tip of it. Yeah. I admit I bought one of those early on and early in 2020 when those became available. When I was making purchases on Mm -hmm. credit card machines, I didn't want to put my finger where everybody else's fingers had been. And so, you know, that sort of hand washing, hand sanitizing, using an object to open a door or push a button, you know, those are good ideas in terms of trying to reduce transmission. But the report was specifically about face masks, you know, Mm -hmm. because that seemed to be the big thing. And there was really only one federal mandate that was mentioned, and that was from the Department of Transportation, that trains and airplanes and and forms of transportation were federally mandated for a period of time on face masks. But it's interesting that the article that I read, the closing statement was that the CDC had concluded that in the large population studies that masks were pretty much ineffective and that it did appear that they were basically submitting themselves to the politics 
of the narrative. And I thought, wow, that's, that's bombshell stuff right there. That's a big admission, basically succumbing to the politics. And I'm like, well, had we not seen that all along? I mean, we, we, we saw, called it. We, we, called, yeah. we saw that. We saw it all the way through COVID. Now, in the first few weeks of COVID, everybody took it very serious. Yes, and we we, remember flattened the curve. Right. We were going to the common gas pumps that we use for the county vehicles, and we had to gas every day. And most of us were carrying wipes, and we would wipe the gas handles down. Well, sure. Even though it was just we watched the deputy in front of us use that gas pump, and then we would wipe it down and or they would wipe it down afterwards. But mm-hmm. we were very, very careful with that. But as it came further down the road, it became more and more political. It, it did. It, there was definitely some dividing lines there. And I, I think it's it, it's huge that the CDC admits mm-hmm. that they were swayed by the politics of it. Yeah. Even said that they would have come to that conclusion had they not given in to the politics. Hmm, That's big, yeah. All right, well, let's mention our sponsors right here, and then we'll get back into our topic today, and that is four Ds for home defense. Let's mention first Pro One Gravity Water Filters. There is a Pro One right-sized for you and your family. And also for Patriot, that's the number four and the word Patriot. This is the go-to supplier for long-term emergency food, and they also have a complete store of emergency supplies. Check them out. And Aura, A-U-R-A. This is the VPN that we use and the digital protection that we use on our computers, and it's the all-in-one digital safety for the whole family, including online protection and identity protection. And quite literally, our oldest sponsor would be the ProLine Digital Group. This is the custom, reliable, innovative solution for apps, websites, web hosting, and digital leads. You know, we couldn't be a podcast without them. They've been here since the very first podcast. Absolutely. In fact, they were here before that because they helped us build a lot of our things, our website, and various things that we needed to get started. We love those guys at ProLine. And Clean Start. It is the non-alcohol-based hand sanitizer and antiseptic concentrate. It's a prepper's dream. Three-and-a-half-ounce bottle makes a gallon. Easy to store, easy to carry, and easy to use. Now, all of our sponsors are linked from our website, practicalprepping.info. Our topic, four Ds for home defense. Now, our immediate goal in any situation is protecting ourselves and our families from harm. You know, most of us cannot build a castle with a moat and have a drawbridge and fill that moat full of alligators, but... We can do things to make it less desirable or at least more difficult for the bad guys to get in. So we want to make our home as impenetrable and indistinguishable as possible. I was showing Krista a photo the other day, and it was this old castle, and it had a moat around it, and it had a drawbridge. And I said, that's our perfect bug-out location. (laughs) Sure. You put a rifle on each corner, alligators in the moat. And it's covered. Pretty much. You just shoot anything that gets all the way across the moat. But just to be honest, no, we don't live in a castle like that. We don't live in a castle, can't afford a castle. (laughs) 
honestly wouldn't want to live totally away from people. No, not really, no. So Mark has come up with the four D's to help you defend you and your family in your home. And those are deter, detect, deny, and defend. Now, the first one is deter, to make your home a less desirable target for the bad guys. So you want to make your house something like a gray house. Yeah, we're playing on the gray man here. Yeah, we're not talking about the color gray. No, we we just want it to blend in like the rest of the houses in the community. Right. We want, we don't want it to appear, you know, ostentatiously different from the rest of the homes. We don't want to attract maybe the wrong sort of attention in terms of large scale or over the top. Uh, opulence, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. If it doesn't fit with the neighborhoods, don't and, attract that kind of attention. And this is where you don't want to be putting that 98-inch television box out on the street. Yeah, like they said at Christmas time, when you get all these expensive gifts, when you're putting that PlayStation box mm-hmm. or the TV box or that little go-kart that you bought for your five-year-old and that box, you know, these are expensive items. Oh, yes. People want to steal them. And so we want to take measures that it appears that there's nothing special there. Now, another thing that we can do, and we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, is make your house, and we're really talking about here in some kind of a situation, an emergency-type situation, things have gone to pot. and we, We want to make it look like there's more people there than there actually are. Oh, I see. Okay. And that might be... Invite your neighbor to park their car in your driveway, too. Mm -hmm. Let's make it look like there's eight cars here. So there may be too many people here for us to attack this house. So you're looking at it from the bad guy's perspective. I'm looking at that from the bad guy's perspective. Okay. And make it look like there's someone home or make it look like there's a group present. One of the things that we do, and we have several vehicles, one, because we both drive company cars, we keep a vehicle in the driveway. And so you really can't, unless you know us well, you really can't tell whether there's someone at home at our house or not. I'll tell you something else we do is we swap out the vehicles that are in the driveway. Mm -hmm. We don't keep them in the same spot all the time. We move those cars from one driveway, we actually have two driveways and a carport. So we are going to move our cars from time to time and park them in different spots at home. It it appears to anyone who may be watching our home on a regular basis that there's somebody there moving cars. So that means there's people there. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of burglars and stuff, they don't want to encounter anybody. So they don't want to think that there's anybody home. They really... I think, isn't it, you told me the statistic on burglary is it usually happens in the daytime during the work hours. Correct. Because a lot of people, kids are at school, mom and dad are at work, and the majority of people are not home from like Mm -hmm. 8 in the morning until 5 in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And that's the time most homes are broken into. So they'll go knock on the door, and if the door gets answered, then they ask for, is this the Jones residence, or can you tell me such and such, and... We had a guy come here one time, knock on the door, and he asked me where such and such street was, and I'd not heard of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, that that kind of thing. Now, there's some obvious security measures that we can take, and one is alarm signs, whether they're real or not. You're talking about like the an ADT security exactly. sign and the exactly. banner in the yard. Now, my dad had stickers on the doors of every 
door going into the house. Front and back. Front, back, basement, mm-hmm. roll-up doors, and a sign in the yard. From It wasn't ADT, but it was a, another actual alarm company. And he did not have an alarm in the house. Oh, so he just got the sign. <laughs> he got but the sign know, and the stickers. Most burglars are not going to want to try it. They'll go on down the road if they can. Yeah. Alarms are not great because it takes the police a little bit of time to respond. But it could alert a neighbor. It can alert a neighbor if it sounds outside. Now, what you don't want is one that only does the monitoring and has no outside siren. Yeah. Because the monitoring, when you understand that it has the alarm goes off, they call, the alarm company calls the house. There's no answer. So the alarm company calls law enforcement. And sometimes, some places, law enforcement will call the house to see if it was accidental. And then they dispatch it to a car. And in our case, we can be 20 minutes across the county from it. Well, that's true. That's, now, that's real time. Every now and then, we're three blocks down the road, mm-hmm. and we catch that one. But we want to use that to deter so have that audible sign, and if they do set it off, exactly. they go running back out the door. That's what you want to happen. You can use mounted cameras, and these can be real or not. Yeah, I've actually had real cameras, and I've had fake cameras. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are times that I kind of wish that I'd had the real cameras when I had the fake cameras. But, you know, that's a personal choice. If you can't really afford the real camera, just a fake camera can also stand in as a good deterrent. For someone who might be looking around and spotting it and thinking, I don't want to take a chance, mm-hmm. and they'll flee. And some know? of these have little red lights that blink on them. Mm-hmm. And, that may give the idea that a video that may be taken it's a real place. camera. Yeah. And so that can be a deterrent. And the video footage can help identify after the fact. Yeah, I have a nephew here in town who at about 4.30 in the morning when it was dark, his camera, his real active camera, outside of his garage, picked up an intruder that walked up into the driveway and started pulling door handles of cars that were parked outside the garage. Because at that time, they had his parents' car, his son's car, his two daughters' cars, his wife's car, his car, a lot of cars, Mm -hmm. and his business vehicles. So he had several cars, some in the garage, some in the driveway, and some unknown 'er ne'er-do-well rolled up in the darkness, and the camera picked it up. And so he posted that to his HOA to let them know that, hey, we've got an unwelcome visitor in the neighborhood, and my camera saw him. And we've talked about that, about making sure that your doors are locked, because we answer a lot of reports early in the morning where someone has gone through the neighborhood pulling the doors and going into the vehicles that are unlocked. Mm -hmm. Now, these doorbell cameras are pretty good. They are. They they really are. Some of them are getting extremely good video. Now, if you're going with the camera route, you want high definition. You really do. You, you want something that we can pull something off of that we can get actual decent photos. And what a lot of departments are doing now, ours included, is that these things are getting posted on Facebook on Facebook groups and yes. things yes, they and are. help us identify this person. Mm-hmm. And so that video does help. But one camera is better than none. I like the idea of putting the ring doorbell or whatever, the, the doorbell cameras 
on all of your exterior exits. Yeah, front, back, and even sides, depending on your structure. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, or your access to a road or a back alley where somebody could enter your backyard area and not be seen from the front. You know, think like a bad guy. Mm-hmm. How would you, if you were a bad guy, how would you sneak up to your house and try to put a camera where you could possibly see that? Yeah, and I saw a video on a camera not long ago, and I had not seen these. Uh, they've probably been out for a long time, but I just had not seen them. And the same camera worked in daylight or infrared. Oh, that's good. So if it got too dark, then it switched over to infrared. Now it goes black and white. That, well, that's sure. understandable. Sure. But it worked with daylight or with infrared. Now, next thing you can do is lighting. You want the bad guys to realize that they'll likely be seen. We have the type of light that when you walk up, through the yard and into the driveway, it automatically comes on because it's, mm-hmm. it's like a motion detector exactly. kind of thing. But you want a lot of light around your house. Mm-hmm. Now, I like, I like the idea of the light pointing at the house yeah. so that yeah. they can be seen from the road. If the light's pointing out, I can get under that. I can get into the dark spot. Slip on the side, you know, underneath. Exactly. So actually, if you've got some light pointing both directions, one so you can see and one so that the burglar can be seen from outside, also that he'll cast a larger shadow on that wall outside. So he may be noticed there. And they're going to look for a dark house rather than a lighted house. Mm-hmm. Sure enough. So one thing to keep in mind, lighting the yard, lighting the front of the house, and look for those blind spots where people could hide. Now let's take a short break for our sponsors and we'll come back and talk about detecting bad guys. A food shortage could be coming. Even in the United States, economic experts wrote at the end of the summer crop season. Farmers sense it too. John Boyd, Jr., a fourth-generation farmer, told Fox News that, quote, we're going to see empty food shelves in the coming months, end of quote. That's why survival food is more important than ever. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling Four Patriots survival food kits. It's not ordinary food. We're talking good-for-25-years super survival food, hand-packed right in a family-owned facility in the USA and giving jobs to over 200 Americans. The kits are compact, sturdy, water-resistant, and they stack easily. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners. You can make these meals in less than 20 minutes. Just add boiling water, simmer, and serve. And right now, you can go to fourpatriots.com and use code PREPPER to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store. You'll get their famous guarantee for an entire year after your order, plus free shipping on orders over $97. They're called For Patriots because a portion of every sale is donated to charities who support veterans and their families. Just go to fourpatriots.com and use code PREPPER to get 10% off. That's fourpatriots.com. Use the discount code PREPPER and start building your own food stockpile today. Are you tired of the taste of the water coming from your faucet? Do you ever wonder what is causing that taste? 
Did you know that treated water on municipal systems often has residue of chlorine effect? There's also bacteria. There are heavy metals. There's a vast number of different things that can add some form of taste to the water. And in some municipalities, you can actually see a color in a clear glass. Oh, it passes the quote-unquote safety test, but there's still something in there. Would you like to have crystal clear, clean, great-tasting water? Pro One Gravity Water Filters will give you just that. We have the Pro One Big Plus, and we use it daily. It makes our water taste better, and it even makes the coffee and the tea taste better. Pro One is also our backup water plan, just in case stuff hits the fan and the city's water system becomes contaminated or shuts down. If it really hits the fan and there's no water, we can source water from a nearby creek or the river, and we can run it through our Pro One filter, and we'll have clean water. Pro One filters come in several sizes to meet the needs of your family. They are affordable, and through December 31st of this year, the Pro One Gravity water filters are 25% off, and there's free shipping on all orders over $69.95. Pro One Gravity Water Filters. The link is on our website, practicalprepping.info. All right, welcome back. And we're going to talk about detecting bad guys. You know, we have to detect bad guys so that we can take action to stop them. Yeah, and part of this has to do within emergency situations or Schumer hits the fan situations. This is where we're going to be home. We want to take action to be able to protect our family and our stuff. Right. So we want to make sure that we do have good visibility and good devices that can be used to help alert us uh, at the presence of an unwelcome visitor. And one would be a trip alarm. And what this is like is a like an electric eye type of alarm you can put at the end of your driveway toward the Mm -hmm. road so that if a car or a person walking up breaks that plane of that electric eye and it alerts you in the house almost like a doorbell Mm -hmm. or some sort of an alert sound, when that beam is broken, it alerts you that somebody has entered your property. And you, you know, you may be laying in your bed awake, but not out of your bed yet. Or maybe you're standing in your shower and you hear that and you think there's somebody coming up to my house Mm -hmm. and I'm not expecting anyone, you know. And it is possible that it could be an animal. It depends on how high off of the ground you mount that. Well, that's true. If you mount it waist high. It'll catch somebody walking or a vehicle pulling in. But it won't catch a cat. <laughs> but it won't catch a cat, yeah. won't catch most dogs, uh-huh. won't catch a squirrel. But if you put it down where the the little sensors go on the overhead doors, which are about four inches off the ground, squirrel set that off. Right. It's most likely going to set off, in my case, it'll be the... The UPS or the FedEx bring in my Amazon order. <laughs> but see, I'm expecting She's that. She's not kidding. She's not kidding <laughs> They love at all. me. They love me over there. Yeah, he asked the other day how you were doing. <laughs> Regular visitor. Yep. Yeah, me and now, Carl on a first name basis. <laughs> now, you can take these and you can mount them in different areas. You can mount them in the backyard. Mm-hmm. You can, and four sets would cover all four sides of the house. Certainly. And you could have your cameras where you're monitoring those. And so you can go and look at your cameras when you get the alert. Okay. Now, another good thing 
is a loud, yappy dog. Yeah, pretty much any dog that'll bark. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you get a dog like our cat that does not meow. Some Well, some dogs are just very loath to bark, too, but... That's okay, because most dogs are going to bark. You know, I am in a profession where I go to people's homes, Mm -hmm. whether they're renting or home ownership or whatever. And, you know, eight times out of 10, these homeowners are going to have a dog. As soon as I hit that doorbell, here comes that loud, yappy dog. And you can hear them. You know, they're coming to the door. Mm -hmm. So I know there's a, unless somebody pulls that dog off, I'm going to be face to face with somebody's dog and they don't sound like they really want me to be there. You know, I'm in a profession where we go to a lot of doors. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, they, you know, sometimes, and they have bad dogs. <laughs> sometimes you ring the doorbell and you wonder, you know, you didn't hear it and you wonder if it worked. But you ring the doorbell and you hear that yappy dog inside and you know mm-hmm. that they heard the doorbell. So. And I'll tell you, from a bad guy's perspective, many bad guys have been interviewed in prison. And it's from people that really want to know, tell me what it was that you really didn't like about mm-hmm. your your job, you know, about being a burglar. They said, I, I didn't, a dog, just, I just didn't want to have to deal with a dog. It could bite me or it, it's going to alert somebody that's in mm-hmm. the house that I don't know. And they just, a lot of times just walk off. They I, just don't want to deal with it. I read one, one time where somebody rigged up an audio to the doorbell. Oh, really? And when you rung the doorbell... This huge, loud, deep, I mean, big dog bark, okay? (laughs) Okay. You you wouldn't want to hook that up to a chihuahua, (laughs) but but this was that deep-throated, take-your-leg-off bark. If you're a bad guy and you're on that porch, you'll... If you're in your right mind, you'll... I'm not not breaking in that house. It's not going to be. I'm not going to break in that house. Mm -mm. It's just good to alert us that somebody's coming to the door or that somebody's out there or to alert us that there's presence of somebody and it alerts them that there's a dog in the house. Now put on here next monitoring cameras. Now we know our drug dealers monitor their cameras around the house, but they're they're paranoid. They're paranoid. They've got good reason to be paranoid because we're coming. Okay. (laughs) Right. But I, I have seen folks that have had a monitor in whatever room they spent most of the time in, and that had their cameras being monitored. They might be using four cameras, but you could see if someone was there. Hmm. They knew who was walking up. So it's not just an after-the-fact thing, but it could alert you and give you a bit of time before someone tried. And I'm thinking here of that golden horde of zombies you're yeah. talking about a grid down situation. Uh, grid where, down or, uh, or, or just, your power's out and you've got backup power or maybe it's just a riot or something. I see. Because these may not work after or work long after a grid down situation. I see what you mean. And I understand that. We, we have to go into a different mode for that. But for normal things, it's not a bad idea. Now, don't be paranoid. There's no need to monitor it all the time, but be able to go and view it quickly if you need to. This is where your driveway alarm goes off, and so you can go look at your camera and see who's coming up the driveway. Good lighting helps with this. So if you put cameras up, you need to make sure that you've got good lighting for night 
and you can use some infrared cameras as well, or the ones that do both. Now, the next D on the list is deny. You want to deny the bad guys. So you need effective security measures that will deny access to your home, your family, your food supply, your ammo, your firearms, your preps, that that you wish to guard over. Mm -hmm. And you could also call this delay. Uh, you're, You're wanting to hamper them being able to get in. We need effective security measures. This is where the early warning comes in. It gives us the advantage from detection. That means if they get to the door and they start to kick the door open, they're going to have a bad day when the door comes open. Because you've already been alerted. I've been alerted and I'm standing there and I'm, I'm not standing right at the door, but I'm in a secure Well, you mentioned something about kicking the door open. You know, on an earlier episode several months ago, we were talking about places where people rent apartments and a lot of times mm-hmm. the door frames are just held in with basically half inch screws mm-hmm. and i who am not a strong person i could kick a door and a door mm-hmm. frame in that's not very well secure but you had suggested that get some of these two and three inch nails three, and three inch screws three inch screws and actually put those into the door framing to make it much more difficult to kick a door in including the striker plate put them into that because a lot of times the striker plate is held in with small screws and small areas of wood and what we see in a burglary a lot of times the striker plate and a piece of wood is laying inside where that has been kicked in but if you've got that striker plate in with three inch screws it's hard. It's going to hold. It's going to take a battering ram to get that, and you're not going to do it on one one hit most oh, of the time. Oh, and also make use of deadbolt locks mm-hmm. because that does have a lot of strength, and v- that's a very difficult lock to get past easily. And again, put the striker plates in with three-inch screws and have strong doors. And, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's cheap doors and there's good doors. Right, exactly. And some of them you don't have to kick the door in. You just have to kick a big enough hole to go through. Yeah, and you're talking about deny them. And this may be a little bit more onto the extreme, but it may work for you. So we'll share it. And that is to put crossbars on the inside. We actually did this in our business. We had these crossbar mechanisms. It was basically you know like two brackets on the outside of the on on the outside of the door on the inside of our building and then we just laid a metal bar big mm-hmm. piece of steel down inside those handles basically and so there was no opening our Mm-mm. back door first of all our back our business back door was solid metal and then that brace and crossbar there was no coming in yeah and dad did the same thing with metal brackets and a two before on the walkthrough door in the basement so you drop yeah, it in yeah and it gave and, and in his case it gave no play in the door Mm-hmm. So there's there's no way there's no to, jimmying it there's no you know. jimmying it and you can't get any force behind it to be able to kick yeah, that. It's very effective. So it it really is, and you can do that by cutting a two before and putting in it down into those brackets. Now your brackets need to be very secure mm-hmm. because you could kick the brackets out if they're not extremely yeah, secure. Ours were sunk into cinder block. Mm-hmm. Another thing, and I've seen this, is people will cut a two before with a notch in it to go under the door handle. 
Think about the old movies where they put the door, the the chair under the door. Oh yes, the uh-huh. chair is tilted. They kind of wedged it exactly. Do it with a two before that's notched. Oh, okay, almost like a fork, like a just, V, just a fork, and just angle it up under there, and so there's no pushing that door in. And if you're on carpet, it won't slide if, if mm-hmm. most of the time. But if you needed to get out quickly, like in the case you of a fire, you can kick it out. Kick of the way it right out of the way. Now fine. I went to a home, and this was actually, if I remember correctly, it was actually on a death. And we got inside there. Family let us in, but I saw this. And it had a, it did not have a carpeted floor. And in the foyer there, it was slick floor. So doing that, it would have slid. But this person had taken a two before cut to the length of the room, basically. I think it was like 10 and a half feet. He bought a 12 foot two before, put that notch in it, and put it all the way back to the other wall. Oh, my word. And so, because the floor the floor was slick. The floor was slick. Oh, okay. So, and you could also do it at the bottom of the door, but it would be easier to kick the door over if it's at the bottom than if it is under that handle. So that's just a few things to think about. Something else you can do on the outside of your house, and that is you can plant very inhospitable bushes, thorny bushes, holly bushes, sticky bushes, nothing too tall that would cover windows, but something definitely that would be an uncomfortable feeling if someone was trying to get into Mm -hmm. your windows to try to crawl over those holly bushes or rose thorn bushes or what have you, because that doesn't feel good and people aren't going to want to do that. Oh, no. And if we're in that Schumer hits the fan situation, You can use wood below the windows with nails sticking through them, sticking up. You just need to know they're there. Well, that and cover them. I mean, you obviously would know. This is not an everyday thing. We're talking extreme measures. when we're expecting somebody to try to come into the house and we put that down and we cover it with mulch, we cover it with straw or leaves or something Mm -hmm. so that when they step on it, they need a tetanus shot. Owie. So that just makes it a little bit more of a delay or a denial. Now let's take a very quick break for our newest sponsor, Aura, and we'll come back and talk about defending our family and our home. We all love the internet, right? We love it so much that we knowingly take risks every day while doing little to protect ourselves online. We do this because most security tools are complicated, expensive, or just plain bad. We're excited to tell you about our new sponsor, Aura. Aura is a digital safety service built for modern threats. It's an all-in-one solution that monitors and protects your identity, finances, devices, and more from digital deadbeats. Aura is on a mission to create a safer internet. And for Aura... That not only means creating the best security tools, it means making it so easy that you'll actually use it. Keep your connection private on public Wi-Fi with one-click encryption. Quickly know if someone has attempted to use your identity or credit without your permission with alerts to your app, phone, or email. Up to four times faster than competitors. Also, Aura doesn't just catch threats, they help you resolve them. With 24-7 U.S.-based support and dedicated resolution agents, Aura's team will work with you to resolve fraud issues, even if it means getting on a three-way call with your bank at midnight. 
All plans come with all the features you need to stay safe, with no add-ons or extras needed. Just choose whether you want to protect yourself, two adults, or your whole family. Plus, the price you pay when you sign up is the price you pay when you renew. Aura won't raise your prices in year two, hoping you won't notice. Aura keeps their plans affordable, so you stay protected. Now for a limited time, Aura is offering Practical Prepping Podcast listeners a 14-day trial, plus a check of your data to see if you've already been part of a data breach, all for free when you use the link on our website. Go to practicalprepping.info, click on the Aura link, and sign up for a 14-day free trial and to see if you've already been part of a data breach for free. That's practicalprepping.info. Click on the Aura link and sign up for a 14-day free trial. Certain terms apply. See their site for detail. All right, welcome back. Now we're going to talk about defending our family. If all else fails, you need to be prepared to defend your home. And this is kind of where a lot of the prepping started back. The early word was survivalist. And then it got into prepping and it started with people thinking that they needed lots and lots of guns. And you read on forums and stuff, you know, how they've got 29 rifles ready to defend themselves. And I can't see you and I using 29 rifles here, but. One each is plenty. And well, now, you know, think about it. You know, you and I like to watch Western classic mm-hmm. movies, TV shows. So often the storyline is around the fact that in the early days of America, there were places in the prairie and in the frontier where there was no law. I mean, there was an understanding that society needed to be civilized, but there was no presence of an actual law person. Everyone had to defend their own domain Mm -hmm. and they were expected to, and they understood this. This was the way it had to be because they knew that they may be encountering bad cowboys or savage nations or just, you know how you you've watched the movies. And so that rule of law seemed to come through. And I thought about that for the modern days. If we get into a time where law is a little bit hard to come by on a civilized, organized basis. As we used on the podcast on abbreviations not long ago, or acronyms W-R-O-L, without rule of law. Without rule of law. So think and, about that. Yeah. Now, self-defense, while it is the last option, It should be planned and prepared for. That's where you really want to have a well-thought-out plan. Mm -hmm. And a realistic understanding of your capabilities is so crucial. And that's why we always say if you are pro-firearm, you need to train. If you are anti-firearm, you need to find some other form of defense that's going to work for you. When we talk about the capabilities, and we've said this on a number of podcasts where we've talked about having firearms— Before you carry a firearm or buy one for self-defense, you need to decide ahead of time, could I pull that trigger in defense of my life or in defense of my family? If you know that you could not pull that trigger, it's okay to have guns for hunting or sporting purposes, but do not have it for self-defense. Know your capability. Know your physical capabilities. I mean, I'm not a little guy. Okay. He's not. I'm I'm six four, two hundred and five pounds. 
and losing, but I can't take a 20-year-old that is, you know, my size. Or bigger. Or bigger. <laughs> or Yeah, you you're not going to want to do ground fighting with an 18-year-old bodybuilder that's 6 foot 6, 300 pounds. No, that's where we call a lot of guys. Yeah. And yeah. we use tasers. Yeah. But it's just I know I'm getting older, okay? Now 30 years ago it was a little different ball game, but my capabilities are diminishing some as I get older. So you and have so, to resort to other tactics. Well, yeah. A while back, we talked about an alternative to weapons or alternative weapons when you can't have a firearm. But you need a weapon of some sort to defend yourself. That's always been true. We went to see my mother a month or so ago, spent the weekend there, and I noticed at the upstairs, my sister had a baseball bat that her son had used as a teen, and it was leaned up in the corner over there, and that was their defense of anybody trying to come through that fire escape door. Uh Uh-huh, exactly. So you need something. My granddaughter kept her favorite softball bat in her dorm room. She was not allowed to have a, a firearm in the dorm room, so she kept her favorite softball bat. It can be a stick, it can be a knife, it can be a chain. And I'm not talking a little wear around your neck chain, I'm talking a logging chain, you know, three foot piece of serious chain. You say in baseball bat, I do know that there is a there's a provision that says that if you're going to carry a bat as a weapon in your car, also carry a glove. Tell us why but that's important. That just if you're carrying Nothing but a bat. The prosecutor could make a case that you were carrying that as a weapon. If you've got an old glove and a ball in there, the defense attorney can make a case for it's sporting equipment and you just needed something to protect yourself. Yes, it's just one of those little fine, mm-hmm. interesting points of the law in terms of intent and what you do and do not have. Don't carry a three-foot piece of pipe unless you've got a pipe wrench and a couple of fittings in there. Yeah, make it look like a normal, obvious, average thing the, the, anybody would this carry. This is something besides a weapon is the reason that is in there. Right, but we're, what we're talking about is defense at this mm-hmm. point. So you have to understand that you may have to defend yourself or defend someone for whom you're responsible. You know, most of us prefer a firearm of a sufficient caliber. And it really doesn't matter if it's a handgun or a rifle or a shotgun. Oh, no, not there's- at all. And there's advantages and disadvantages of each of those. Mm-hmm. So I like the one of each approach. Do well, I know you do. I know you have you have a varied opinion when it comes to firearms. No, I'm talking if you go to the door, take one of each. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you mean. And, you know, we recently recorded an episode on selecting a firearm, and it covered firearms for self-defense mm-hmm. as well as other subjects. Now, here's the point. Home security is a must. It's an absolute must. It's necessary in normal times. Well, it's going to be doubly necessary in times of emergency. Absolutely, because we're protecting our family, we're protecting our food, we're protecting our supplies. So as you think through these things, consider the four Ds of home security. Deter. 
detect, deny, and defend. And you know why? Because bad guys happen, so we need to stay prepared. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Practical Prepping Podcast. You can email us at info at practicalprepping.info or through the website. You can also find us on Facebook at Practical Prepping. And remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.